0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I am Ronan Gain. Joining me as always, Chris Nambu. Thank you so much for making this podcast your first listen for NBA coverage. Remember, you like what you're hearing and you're on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a comment. To let, you know, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what we are right about, wrong about. Just get the conversation going. And if you are on the Spotify or Apple podcast, make sure you leave that review. You do that, we'll keep producing that content. On today's episode, we'll be giving our thoughts on the Draymond Green suspension, the WWE version of uh, of NBA <laughs> that we saw this week. We'll be talking a few bits around the league, from the Heat's winning run to Tyler, Tyrese Halliburton's form. We'll also be doing a bit of uh, bit of consoling for Chris and talking about the poor old Chicago Bulls. Where might Zach Levine end up? Before we get into it, Chris, how are you? Feeling good?
1: uh well i mean when you when you put it that way i, I guess i'm feeling good i don't need consoling let, let me clarify for the people I, i'm good i think i've accepted it i think it, it was honestly game but like game three i i checked out like i i will I'll, I'll i'll follow the games i'll I'll see how the bulls are doing but i knew you could just tell from the vibe of this team and i was ready for it so i'm okay i'm fine
0: like players only good. meeting after game one is it is never good but that's how you knew. <laughs> like, that's when you know that, is... that that's just bad. That's just just really not good. But before before we, we go full full troll on the yeah. Bulls, we won't, we're <laughs> gonna die that like, yet. Yeah, we'll get into we'll get into the Draymond uh, choking Rudy Gobert. Uh, ridiculous, ridiculous situation that he got himself in. Ridiculous how it started with with Clay Thompson and Jaden Daniels. What two minutes into the game, and they're they're pulling and dragging at each other for, I don't know. Maybe there was some previous beef there. I don't know. But then. Draymond comes in, puts it go uh, Gobert in a chokehold. He's gone for five games. What do, what, what do we think about that?
1: Okay, two quick thoughts. First, initially, my hot take is that should okay, should he put him in a uh choke hold? No, definitely not, for sure not. But Gobert also grabs clay. And is a big dude. And like it's very, it's a quick moment. Gobert comes from from behind him puts his arms around clay and they're already in a scuffle. like usually like when guys break up fights they grab their own guy they grab their own guy maybe you kind of shove off shove off the other player or the other team like there's there's almost like a, a written code like there's things you don't do and he went behind clay and grabbed him and dude draymond's on the court like that that is his job his job is to protect these guys and like you know after i watched it a second time that was not that was completely normal behavior from from Draymond when when you see it from his point of view that Gobert runs up to Clay and puts his arms around him like fully like he just engulfed Clay for like a, a quick second before <laughs> Draymond's just in on him so i don't know after a second look i i don't i don't hate it too much I don't hate it too much. I, there needs to be more. There needs to be more bad blood in the NBA. There, there needs to be more physicality. You've got like, dude, how how many times do we see you guys getting texts for stare downs or? Hang, I'm glad that. they fixed the hanging on the rim or just like, you know, getting frustrated. Like th- there's a passion to this game. It's a physical game. This is a contact sport. This is not. This is not you know, soccer. Like do you, there is contact involved here. Well, this is my contact in think... soccer, but yeah, whatever. I, 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 okay, I sorry, I'm sorry, getting this, your vibe. This, this is American. I'm getting, <laughs> I get, American I get, I get,
0: I get what you mean. Okay, I, I get, I get what you mean.
1: I should have known my audience there. before
0: yeah. I said that right? Deb- yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, no, I, I, I kind of agree. i, I just saying, it's just Draymond. Dr. This is just stupid. Like he, if he imagine he just initially grabs him in the headlock and then threw him on the ground, probably wouldn't have got a suspension. And it would have, would have been. wanted to body slam. <laughs> As in if he just gets him into Choco. If he just bit, body so he slammed him, him right on the ground. Floor. <laughs> he he probably even maybe only gets one game. I think it was just a prolonged Choco and he and he <laughs> genuinely looked like he was actively trying to put him to sleep. He wasn't just trying to get him off of that, uh, off of clay. That was the that was the, the reason why he got the suspension. That's just what unfortunately when you're Draymond Green. Yeah, I get it. It's his job. But at the same time, he could have done his job without doing what he did, which is is the is the, the line you run with Draymond Green? I mean, let's be real here. The reason that he's still in Golden State is because Curry, Curry's his boy. Curry really, really likes him. Curry wants to, like, imagine Curry didn't take a liking to the way he uh, conducted himself on the court with the ejection and everything. He'd have been gone out of there a while ago. Still a good player, but I think that, that that's a big reason to play is that, like, you think about the punching, punch up with Jay, uh, Jordan Poole and all that, that sort of a. Uh, that sort of carry on, but it's just yeah. Probably probably correct. Probably a correct suspension given his history and given what he tried to do. I get I get your point, but I think it's a a fair call from the NBA.
1: Who is a dirtier player? Dylan Brooks or Draymond Green? Who's a more annoying player? Hmm.
0: Draymond. Come on that's the, only difference, bit the <laughs> only
1: difference is rings um without what i was <laughs> i couldn't help but, but thinking about this uh this is where my brain goes. like in, in five seconds i'm gone i can't believe that this is the second time we've had a choke a choke hold with the timberwolves do you remember carl anthony towns getting choked out by ben simmons that's all i could think of <laughs> when you brought this up but here's the difference cat Cat was smart. He was getting, he was got pinned down. He was getting choked out, and he he was tapping out. <laughs> do you remember that he's tapping out? Ben Simmons, Gobert didn't tap out. That that's a problem. He should that's have tapped. Fair.
0: Gobert's fault. Okay, yeah, I like. He that. should
1: have tapped. <laughs> Dray- Draymond would have respected the tap, but he just he just didn't do it. But five games is is more than enough. There's so many other situations where he should have been suspended. He got nothing for punching Jordan Poole in the face just like what a little little leave of absence for a little bit like and and to your point about like him being there it's so interesting that like the culture they've created in golden state a lot of that is from draymond green like that a lot of the the winning culture that they have there is with him so it's like you take the good and the bad like the intensity that he brings will always come up moments like this I, i mean in the uh in the last playoff run they had um where they eventually lost to the Raptors like he was one technical away from being suspended for a full game for like half, for half the half the playoffs so it's like it, he's he's always on this to himself he will always do it and eventually it's going to uh, I think we said that 3 years ago when when is when is his patience going to uh, run
0: out Yeah it's there? more it's more i guess when when Golden State start to really start to not be a contender, that's when it'll just be like, all right, get German out of here. It's all bad. That's that's that's. It's, but as long as you're winning, it, it doesn't come up as much. But when it gets to a stage, obviously Steph's still there, so maybe that, that won't happen in, in his time. But that's the kind of area that I, I would yeah. look at and, and think that's when it will really start to get questions of well, how is he still there? Why have they not get rid of him? That sort of way. But it's funny that, that Gobert came out with that line about how Draymond likes to get ejected when Steph isn't playing I mean, I wondered did he actually do his research on that before he said it it was funny that he'd like I think seven of the last 11 ejections he's had has been when when Curry's not playing which is uh which is kind of uh <laughs>
1: he's like let's get this and, over with yeah <laughs> one one minute into the game I'm not playing today <laughs>
0: he knows man he knows he knows where like, ain't got ain't got no hope without uh without, without Steph on there on the floor but uh all right, let's switch it over then. Let's talk talk your Bulls. Let's talk Zach Levine. Talks or rumors or whatever leaks have really started to, to pick up some pace this past week about possibly Levine getting traded, possibly him only wanting to play, wanting to play for the Bulls but under a new coach. And I think t- I've also seen things saying that Kings and the Spurs are his two preferred destinations compared to maybe Philly or New York. What do you think about that?
1: I think there's a lot of a lot of reports and it's I'll I'll look at it from the point of view of an NBA fan, not a Bulls fan. I'll I'll think about it in terms of like where where would it be interesting for him to go and then we can address that because he's always been connected to LA since anytime there's a trade rumor, and this is also just the effect the the gravity of of the evil empire is anytime there's a star that's coming up on a contract or having some issues, the Lakers are always brought up, right? So make that of what you will. I do think that it's time. And the reason I think that is, it's, you know, it's the Bulls are a dying star. They've been dying for the last two years. They've been slowly imploding in on themselves and the Lonzo Ball thing, that's, we're so far removed from that at this point and it's just been a slippery slope you don't see the same connectiveness and this whole billy donovan thing too i gotta address like i i can't blame billy for the team that he has to coach and it's not the players I you, you just have to blame the front office for the personnel that's out there we don't shoot uh like a modern team we don't space floor like a modern team we try to play through the post with vooch and we try to you know, emphasize the, you know, the great mid range shooting from DeRozan, but that MVP form of DeRozan, that's, that was it. It was not a flash in the pan, but you're not going to get a season like that from him again. And all that to say, it's time to move on. And I think everyone in Chicago knows it. The players know it. Like there, there's no, when you bring up these trade rumors, there's no like veracity to the, to the responses of like, no, like we're in this. To it's like, it's like, it is what it is. <laughs> And even Billy Donovan, like, you know, like, everyone's like, it is what it is, like, like, peel back all the, the political, like, type of, uh, of comments that they make to make it sound great, and really dress it up. Like, everybody knows that this is a situation that won't work. I'm okay with Levine leaving at this point. It's time for a change. Even if even if it doesn't, even if it's not the craziest return, like, you just need to hit the reset button. Um so what, I mean I haven't heard a lot about Spurs trade. Like, what would that trade look like? I, I'm I think that would be fantastic for them to get more shooting, but I'm just not sure what would happen there.
0: Yeah, I guess there'll be a Spurs trade. You have to think would be very much uh, centered around, around draft picks. You would think because you're kind of thinking. What are they willing to give up that kind of can equal the value of a of a Levine? Like, what do they have that they can give up? It, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what way a package would work there. Because obviously Levine he, he signed his his extension last last year, right?
1: Yeah, so he's yeah. he's now got I want to say f- three years left on this max deal.
0: So you'd have to think maybe would would Sale have to be included in the deal or or, or Johnson would one of those guys oh, have to they be? wouldn't
1: do it. Johnson maybe. Would one Johnson, of them I have to be
0: included? Me. Yeah, I feel like it has to be one of them and some draft picks and maybe obviously you you know there's other guys that be included to fill up the make make the money work and different things like that. But uh, yeah, but it was just interesting when I saw that that I think the f- firstly during the week I saw. About how apparently he has no interest in going to New York, which I don't hate because I think he's not. A, I, I don't believe he's a guy that really pushed a needle for the Knicks. Not yeah. that they're not that they're going to get one, but I also I'd, I'd rather them not make a move than to to, to go for a guy that really isn't going to push that needle for us anyway. But uh, yeah, and then after that, seeing that he he prefers uh, to either stay with the Bulls under a new head coach or to go to the Kings or the Spurs, I was like. When's the last time a, a, an all-star wanted to go to the Kings of the Spurs? That's a, that's that's a new look.
1: Yeah, that that's I I love that. And just a comment on the Knicks real quick before we talk about the Kings. I really love it as a Bulls fan because the idea of there's there's some return that you would want to see is, is a guy like Quickly. If you get a guy like Quickly,
0: no <laughs> exactly Don't you touch my listen, IQ. Listen,
1: but dude, he's playing less minutes than he did last year, right? He's playing less minutes. It would cost you quickly. A guy who's not gonna flourish on the Knicks is currently constructed. And Fournier, who you want to get rid of. DiVincenzo, who's playing terribly. And a first round pick that like you guys have such a treasure trove of like fake first round picks. I don't even know which real or fake first round pick we'll get. Um, I I don't even know how to do the math and all the all the clauses on half of them. But I think that the bet there is that quickly is a guy that you know two-way player gonna play defense better defender than Levine and with more minutes and more touches like really could flourish and be really cool to see him alongside Kobe White Kobe White the guy's turning himself into like a legit legit NBA player like he is not a lottery star but he's a guy that you keep on your team so maybe you you try to and that's what I think this front office would love they would love the chance to have a quick turnaround as opposed to go into a Full rebuild because the Bulls have never done that, never have. And, uh, thinking about the Kings, like what? Oh man, like the Kings with Levine, I I'm I'm curious how that would look from a defensive perspective because that's just like going fully in, fully in on on offense. I mean they they're already there, but he would look so good next to Fox, He looks so good next to him because they, their three point shooting it can be up and down at times because i mean herder when when herders really not consistent like you're relying on a lot of pull-up threes from fox relying on a pull-up threes Monk, you're hoping um uh their new guy from europe is hitting and it's not always there and i think herders lost a little bit of gravity on his shooting i feel like guys are guys are a little bit more content to go under those screens and yes levine's in a little bit of a slump right now but her he's he would immediately be the most dynamic perimeter shooter for them and they don't they don't have that right now that would be a really cool fit i think
0: yeah it would just be it would be interesting to see if the kings were willing willing to uh to pull off a move like that and, and really just completely go away from their defense and then you'd really start to think is like is that is that going to going to change things for them is that going to push them towards towards winning more or is it going to just keep them as a good sorry a good regular season team and a bad playoff team it'd be it'd be interesting to see how that one would work out because you'd have to think they'd probably have to give up a couple of their defensive pieces the the very few that they do have in in a in any sort of a in any sort of deal there so it'd be interesting to see are the Kings? If the Kings heard, okay, Levine wants to come come to Sacramento, offer a package. It'd be interested to see if they would they would go for
1: it. Yeah, I think that's less less realistic than a couple of others. I I have a few here, um, and the one I'm really interested in for both sides is the Raptors. So the Raptors are. I mean, who you have to think about like what what puzzle piece does he solve? And I think getting Levine into Toronto fixes their perimeter creation, fixes having another guy who can, um, he's better than anyone on that team right now in terms of simple creation, like simple pick and roll, simple driving and kick, like, and is going to be, for the most part, responsible with the ball, better than he was before. If you get GTJ, Thad, OPJ, and a couple of first-rounders, like I think the Bulls are happy with that. Bulls are happy with two first round picks. I think if two first round picks come out of this, then then they're gonna be pretty happy, especially with a team like the Raptors, and that really could get this team humming. I think the Raptors have been a team. I'm just waiting for them to get another piece in there or trade, just have something to change the formula a little bit. That could really unlock them. The spacing is just bad there, and the same, and the same thing I think also for the Magic. I just don't want to mention the Magic because it's just crazy. It, it would be it would it would it would be purely out of pride that I I could not bear to see them get Levine. Like they they already like the nights I, I've spent thinking about having Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter Jr. on this team instead of Vooch just just haunts me. It absolutely haunts me. Um and just thinking about how how good they would be having a really good perimeter guy like Levine, they would be another team too that gets unlocked. Both the Raptors and Magic, like they're they're wing stars. Are just like dealing with no spacing at all, and when things start to open up for them, it, it would be awesome. I, I just couldn't do it. I, I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to watch another Magic game
0: ever. <laughs> I think the Raptors would definitely be an interesting one. That's one I'd really like to see. Imagine like you add a, a legitimate, proven like multi-level scorer like Levine to to. uh to the Scotty Barnes Siakam led team like that that could that could lead them to down to a, a better path that, and even a path that that means Siakam ends up staying in Toronto a move a move for for Zach Levine could actually really unlock that team and, and get them back on the right path from a team that we kind of believe going into this year was didn't really know what direction they were going in and they're likely going to blow it up but I think yeah yeah I like that that one the Raptors that that would definitely be an interesting one I think that would be a a really good fit as a fan of Zach Levine and as a Chicago Bulls fan, where do you think you'd like to see him end up while also getting a realistic probable package?
1: I was just like to ask you a question. So you tell me if you are the Pistons and within the context of Jaden Ivey having kind of a weird role this year, if you really believe in Cade, and you really just need another like perimeter guy next to him, like another guy you can score and really spacing out for him. Would you give up Ivy for Zach Levine?
0: I, I mean, I I would probably say yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's uh, I think concern anyone any conservative fans would be like no, like trust the process. He's a young guy. Like no, but. I think if you're really into the idea of Cade like blossoming now and them having, you know, a little bit more of a functional offense, especially now with Asar Thompson. Like what Asar Thompson has done there, like, I don't know where he'll develop offensively, but dude, this guy is like insane. One of the most insane rookies. Uh, We got to talk more about his defense at some other point. But Jaden Ives kind of seems a little bit extra right now. As a Bulls fan, if if we could get a guy like that, like I'm excited if we could get a guy like quickly, if we can get a guy like Ivy, you know, who's, you know, maybe another team's not really fully invested in their young guy yet, and Levine brings them something that they're willing to part with, that would be ideal. That'd be ideal. I, I'm not I'm not into the idea of a first round pick because I, I think that Levine's gonna help any team who's gonna be trading for Levine is going to probably be pretty good. It's not going to be a lottery team. It's going to be a team that's going to get better because they're convinced that they can really improve from this sort of situation. So if you can get a guy like Ivy, that's like ideal. If you can get a guy like quickly, that's solid and maybe quickly really does like shock the worlds And he, he, becomes a Levine-esque player with defense. Um, that's kind of what I, I think I'd be looking for.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that's fair. And, uh, before we move on from the Bulls one line, if they were looking at at moving and possibly going into some sort of rebuild, do they need to get rid of Patrick Williams?
1: Why? What's the point? For like, what? I'm asking, what would, would his trade return be right now? If I if I called the Knicks right now, I was like, hey, like you like Patrick Williams? What would you give up for him?
0: I'm talking including him in a package with the mean more so. That's what I would be talking about. Like, do they want to pay that... Patrick Williams that big big money? they wouldn't
1: but you know what you know what it'll go down to it'll be like okay go find that on the open market go find that on the open market and you won't and um i guess like just for a full reset for a full, full reset sake doesn't seem worth it like why why not let him like turn the ball over five times a game and just um, maybe he needs maybe patrick williams is the one guy who needs to play on a really bad team I mean, you know you have a lot of guys who play on bad teams and they don't know how to really play like organized competitive basketball maybe he already he is needs it's to okay. play a bad <laughs> 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 no, like a really bad like oh, yeah this this is the this is the worst type of team is a is a mediocre slash bad team like he needs to play on a tanking team he needs to get the ball and shoot like 15 times a game he's he needs a little more jordan pool in him and we need to we need to create a jordan pool environment for patrick williams that's that's what we need to do okay so okay. no, I'm, I'm not sending him off for what an extra second round pick like
0: okay <laughs> i know i know you're gonna have to stand by stand by your boy patrick williams no matter how no matter how bad he is but uh yeah no, let's no, uh,
1: let me clarify that i i if we want to get into patrick williams i'm this was the beginning of the season. I said it. I'm pretty sure I said it. Like, the first couple months of the season will tell me who he's going to be for the rest of his career. And this is it. I, I think that his he's demonstrated that he will be, like, a Tory credible player if this is his situation. So, like, given the current system, given everything, given all the, the babying and all the second chances, third chances, like, this is who Patrick Williams is. And I'm I'm not out. Like he's a basketball player, he could be a good rotation, but like he's not gonna. Uh, please don't ever go back and listen to my, my hot Patrick Williams takes. Those those no, are far. No, that
0: never happened. Yeah, yeah. Such a limitation and that Jr. sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Okay, let's go. Let's go around the around the league. Then, uh, Miami Heat, seven straight wins. What do you think about this? Is it is it? Is it real or is it fake? Are they just kind of riding the form of, of Bam Adebayo and, and Duncan Robinson at the moment? I think Bam's leading the team in points, rebounds, steals, blocks, field goal percentage. The only player on the team shooting above 50%. Robinson's averaging over 23 points per game over the last over the last three. He's had 18 plus in four of their seven wins. They seem to have found another diamond in the rough in, in Jamie Jacques, however, <laughs> however you say his name. Typical Miami Heat. What sort of vibe do you get off the Heat at the moment? Like seven straight wins, they're they're the form team. Are to be in the league at the moment? It just feels like they're they're in a good spot, and I think it'll probably level out soon. Not to say they'll do badly, but they're not gonna. I, I think they'll we'll see a gap start to develop between the Bucks and the Celtics, and possibly even the even the Seventy as the season goes on.
1: Yeah, I mean for sure that they're never a regular season team. They're never going to know go full throttle you're you're gonna see jimmy butler take some time um but for them to be this successful early in the season like that's really good and to see bam at about be so um aggressive offensively amazing to see jack as junior like i watched him in college and he gave the vibe of a guy who's like so good in college he's so crafty uses his size well in, in like a, a post up game for like a wing and it's like oh that, that's cool like maybe we'll play in like europe um dude, he's, he's a really good player. He's a really good player. And like the, the, the way he scores too, it's, it's not, it's not your typical rookie who's just using his athleticism or, or quick shot. Like he's very interesting. He doesn't, he didn't strike me as a guy who would be a traditional Miami heat guy, but again, but it always comes back to Spo. Like every time we talk about the heat, it just always comes back to Spo. It's really cool to see like a guy like him with a unique skill Um, and Spo just finds a way to make him good and empower him in, in a certain way. I th- I think this is real because the Miami Heat are always going to find a way. Even for them to go on this winning streak, then to always be good on defense and big ups to Duncan Robinson, man, like it has to feel good. Like mm-hmm. it was, he took a backseat last year and, and I, I loved the Duncan Robinson minutes that he had last year. Cause you know, when he would get a, a run, he wouldn't always just be shooting like you know, he would try to get to the basket, you try to do other things, you try to really expand his game because Max Struce is crashing the boards, Max Struce is cutting the basket, Max Struce is also like bagging threes, Gabe Vincent is doing a lot, so it didn't make sense for him to get minutes, but Duncan Robinson has made a return and is still just off in it. And I think that's that's impressive for a guy to um again always come back to you, culture, comes back to that where you know these guys are always ready when their name is called. And now that you know he is the designated perimeter shooter and he needs to take these shots, he's doing it. There's there's no reason that this is is fluky. Everyone slots in, does their job, does it right. They got another gem. I'm surprised it's not uh, Jovich, which is hmm. that that was that was the guy. Just the kind of mold of player that he was. I thought he would be a little more impressive, but give it time. Yeah, it's cool to
0: see. <laughs> give it time. Yeah, no, the, the big difference maker for them, I think, Duncan Robinson getting back to being that fifteen point per game scorer, legit sharpshooter for them, is is, uh, is so huge and really does make that difference. But definitely on a interesting run of form. I know they play the Knicks next Friday. I'd, I'd lo- I, I wouldn't mind if we were the team to, to end their uh, end their winning streak if it, if it goes that long. Uh, another guy in hot form, Tyrese Halliburton. Last two games, fifty eight points, thirty two assists. Zero turnovers. This guy yeah, is funny. in outrageous form. No one's ever done that over, over a two game span. They, the Pacers ended the 76ers great winning run the other night. He had 33, seven boards, 15 assists, made seven three pointers. When that guy is on, he is l- legit superstar.
1: So we, we looked this up and you, like, man, you, you just knew your basketball history at the top of your head. Because what is he averaging now? 24.7 points, 12 and a half assists. And the pace that he's on, like, I don't, it this doesn't feel fluky. Like, he just really commands the offense. He, everything flows through him. And his vision is just, he's one of the most fun passers in the NBA. The no looks, hitting from every ankle, angle, like skip passes everywhere. And the last person to average 24 and 12 is Magic Johnson. You knew it. You called it. And that that has to give you some perspective for how difficult it is to, to score at this rate and to be so efficient at conducting an offense and also how he just avoids turnovers. He's an efficient scorer. Um, you know, I, I have kind of set a standard in my mind because I, I feel like he's such a good player that maybe the defense will, will come along because, I mean, the Pacers, that, that's the one thing that's just holding the Pacers back. And maybe, it, will, yeah. it will continue to, but un- unbelievable. Where, where is he right now? Is he the best point guard in the league?
0: On form in terms of especially traditional, yeah.
1: I mean, not I mean, not even just that. Like he's he's averaging twenty five points a game.
0: Yeah, I mean, like great yeah, three shooter. Shooter. and despite and having the, the despite having the ugliest shot of all time, he's still shooting above uh, above forty percent from three too.
1: Yeah, can you? Oh, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this myself. You asked me how I'm doing with the Bulls recently, but I I sometimes think about it. The front office really want, really wanted, really, 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 really wanted uh Tyrese Halliburton, but it it was kind of mixed, and we we passed on him for. Yeah, we not we won't have to get into that. That's fine. All right, moving on. <laughs>
0: Moving on, moving Everything on. We'll finishing finishing finish out our look around the league. Marcus Smart is now going to be out for multiple weeks. Is that officially bye-bye to Memphis? Time to tank.
1: Tank season. Let's go. Tank season. It's uh it's time. It's time. And yeah, yeah, I mean I think, it, I could, it could, it could be addition be by subtraction. Well, let's see some more some more uh some more minutes. Surely Kenny Lofton's
0: getting in there now. Like surely he they they I'm
1: at the there. point. Yeah. I'm at the point. He's got the handles. This guy's an inside-out big perimeter big. I I think we, we talked about this last time, and I I don't know how the I mean the Grizzlies in the in the play-in would be interesting for sure. It's just gonna be really hard. There's just too many good teams in the West.
0: I mean, too what many. are they? They're already now are they three and ten currently. So like that's 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 gonna be really. I know the the Lakers came back from two and ten last year, but I think this is a, this is a very different situation, and there's still gonna be a bit of time before. They're even close to being back to their uh, to their full complement. So yeah, I think this yeah. is a, just to take take the L on the season. Grizzlies come back again next year and be ready to really ready to to put on a good a good run. Uh, yeah.
1: Clippers. The true irony of it though. The true irony oh. is that the, the team that will be in I think kind of this position that they would want to be near the end of the season will be the Rockets. Will be Dylan Brooks and the Rockets, and they the the Rockets look good. And uh, yeah, speaking on the Clippers who defeated them last night finally had some semblance of a functional offense against a competitive houston defense like houston defense is still still good um did they turn the ship i mean did they wonderful. show some signs of life
0: like russ russ goes to the bench and they finally win i mean who who could have seen that coming on? And and just the fact that is of course a, a signature step back three from harden to a. Uh, to ice the game as well. That just, uh, that felt like, it, it in everyone's mind, it just kind of came all together. It's like, oh, okay, they're going to be, they're going to be good now. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a bit, there was a bit of something there. I think the win was always likely to come. Uh, good job on them. Let's see, let's see if they can improve on it now or if we just kind of, uh, if it, they continue to be kind of somewhat good, somewhat bad. I mean, it's a, uh, the flow of the team obviously still isn't there. There's still going to be growing pain issues. It's all about being, Ready to go for the playoffs for this team, but they're going to have to pick up some wins if they're going to be really able to challenge for for the top six and not have to go through the playing.
1: Yeah, I, I think I don't know. I I I saw that little little bit of uh, talking down on the Rockets. This is a real win. I think that's a legit win against the Rockets, the, the team that's yeah, yeah no it was, yeah. to them, and they will they will still have their work cut out for them though. You're right. Um, they need to show that they can do this over the long term. Uh, I did like though, the space, the spacing looks fine out there. Um, And there, there's moments where, you know, your turn, my turn doesn't always work. But if you can, if you can create a good flow between the stars, I I think that Paul George got shots that he was comfortable with. Kawhi Leonard got a lot of great looks from mid range against mismatches that he was comfortable with really hunting uh, Van Vliet. And, And the spacing was there for him to do it without getting doubled the whole game there's good movement from from Harden and Harden only took 11 shots made 8 of them that's huge if if Harden if Harden can take more catch and shoot threes if he can be a little more patient with his offense and he can just kind of tone it down a little bit I, I i think that you'd rather have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard create more and James Harden focus, focus a little bit more on what he's truly truly best at his best talent is creating for others he like, had
0: a few great passes down the down the stretch of that game as they were to, to claw back the team. He had to some really elite passes.
1: Yeah, and I, I I think that this this formula here is sustainable. Harden was a team best plus twenty one, and I, I I don't think it was you know necessarily. You know Russ Ru- 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 Ru goes now two of nine off the bench, but I think that Russ does bring a lot more energy to the bench, and I think you you're right like. You couldn't, you couldn't bring Harden off the bench like this. That just wouldn't work out. And I think, um, um, Russ takes it so well. Really, he's professional about it. And I think he probably knew, like when when Harden yeah, came, like coming. I think everybody knew it, it was yeah. it was coming.
0: He but took took it on himself. Didn't didn't wait to get told that that's the the way that it is. Which is, he just got You got to got to respect that. Got to respect the profession and the commitment to a. Trying to get the best out of this team, I'll say one thing that's funny. My brother's in town for the for the week, and he had a bet on last night. He had a double. He had Markkinen under twenty three and a half points, which came through, and he needed Paul George to have over twenty four and a half. Paul George had thirteen points in the first quarter, and he didn't. And he finished with just twenty three. <laughs> he needed one more yeah. basket out of him.
1: <laughs> yeah, Paul, Paul George is he's still so streaky, at the. He, he needs to find his shot a little bit and I think that'll come I think that'll come the the adjustment period for these guys is gonna be really hard and a win against the Rockets does mean something at least this season um but man I I, I gotta I gotta talk about Alfred and Schengen and if, if we' even just thinking about this for a second uh since we're going to run league he we already talked about the Rockets we won't go too far into it but dude like shanngen looks different man like the more and more you watch him. There's something that you notice about players once they figure themselves out, and once they're been they're being given the confidence from their coach that they are a big part of the system and that they can just be aggressive, like be free to be aggressive. Alperen Şengün is playing free, like the way that he is posting up anybody, the way that he's not deterred. Like he he got stuffed by Zubats mm-hmm. on one play, and he just kept going back, like he. The, the Rockets running so much good offense through him in the pick and roll so much good offense from him in the post and in and out and he, j- he just looks great man I mean twenty twenty three 23 points last night and he looked like the best big on the floor again it's Zubats but he's going up against a, a good big Clippers team and even though he's a little bit undersized like he makes himself big even though he's a little bit slow sometimes he, he just really finds the angles well and he just he looks good this season man I, I'm really yeah. curious like how much better, better he'll get over the seasons. Like if he's like a Vooch level talent player, or if he's got more in him, like how many all-star games, it'll be an all-star at least one game, but I just continue mm-hmm. to be in awe of, of his game given like where he started out at. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: yeah, And it continues to be a steady, steady contributor to my fantasy team as well, which I can't <laughs> say for a lot of other people. All right. <laughs> what about the weekly Wemby check-in since we last spoke? He had a couple of big games. Unfortunately, they, uh, they all came in losses. The Spurs are on a bit of a bit of a slide at the moment, but it had a big 29-9 4, four 6 four block game against the Timberwolves. He went for 27-9 against the Kings last night. Of course, they he, him and both him and Chet had very disappointing games in that blowout win for yeah. OKC oh during the week, which was really disappointing. But I guess Chet can take the W there considering his team yeah. was on the winning side. But uh, yeah, a couple of big games for Wemby, but unfortunately it's not having the impact on winning.
1: Yeah, the, the... Three point shooting too, is gonna take some time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Three point shooting is gonna take some time, and, it, and it's the type of shots he takes too, off the dribble, off the catch, like move, move movement shooting. Like he takes doesn't always take easy shots, even though it looks all easy for him. But that's I, I'm curious over the course of his career, like how that will go. Um, he also had poor shooting um, back when he played in France, mm-hmm. but again, he's young. And will this be like a kind of a Luca conversation? Like, oh, if, if only he he starts hitting those threes. But that that's one thing. If he if he was just shooting like thirty five percent, like a, a low yeah. average, yeah, like he he would be averaging. I'd do the math for me. Like he'd be doing over twenty points a game. But weekly check in for Wemby. He's still not average. He's still not a regular rookie. Still not human. Do you still need to do you still need to enforce that? Yes, but, of course. not human. Not yeah, the human. Spurs, the Spurs are are not catching up. And I, I think we maybe we did go a little crazy predicting anything out of them. They're now on a what is it, a seven-game slide. And in well, the I West. I think you
0: were going a bit crazier it. than me. I as I said Wemby would have to be a great the like one of the greatest <laughs> rookies since Jordan. So Shann would really have to take that step over the cell as well. We just haven't really seen it at all. Normal, pretty A pretty standard uh, season for a team that just got the number one pick, I guess, is probably a fair way to uh, to describe the Spurs. But I guess uh, with, with all the hype around Wembley, we had to expect a little bit more, you know?
1: Yeah. 27 points against the Kings. I guess you can't be too impressed with that. Eight points against the uh, Thunder, where, you know, Chet is the only guy who's really going to stop him. 18 points against the Heat. I mean, that's that's all you you would be able to figure it out. But Bam's too small. Who's who's defending him? Then I think the the one really impressive performance you gotta talk about is the nearly scoring 30 points against the best team in basketball and just making Gobert look like he's not there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That that that's again like you wanna see like little flashes here and there where you're just like owns oh, the thing, like he he was just the best player on the floor. And to do that against the Timberwolves, even though they lose, like the is there. So yeah, no. I guess maybe Gobert's not the guy to defend him. Maybe Wemby's just too comfortable. I you you think about all the times that they've played against each other. But no
0: Gobert, Gobert was just being nice, you know. He wanted to wanted to do that for for what did he say? He's like a proud dad when he when he sees him. So he wanted to do but <laughs> do, do right by his son there, you know, yeah. Uh, but let's let's finish up then with a, with a bit of conversations about contract, con- conversations about extension. Some way way too early narratives building around a few uh, a few key guys who become uh, extension eligible next summer. Going to look at three guys: Tyrese Maxi, Clay Thompson, and Josh Giddy. All different situations, all of different points in their career. Let's start off with Maxi. He will be eligible for a five-year, two hundred sixteen million dollar contract next year, I believe.
1: Oh yeah, he's getting that.
0: Definitely getting that. I think.
1: Oh, that's like, uh, think. Can you think of any any reason why that wouldn't even like day one? Like this, it would be a respect thing. It would mm-hmm. be a respect thing that day one. The extent it doesn't even matter. Like, what other deals you like? You sign him. He walks into that room nine a.m. He signs it. Boom, done. What he's shown here,
0: I mean, look look, look, look at his averages. He's, he's everything that's around 27 5 and 7 on 48 43 95 uh, shooting splits. Like, that's a uh, that's pretty ridiculous, even if that drops down to a more realistic sort of area. And he's like 23, 4 and 5, and like 46, 40, 90. Like, that's pretty realistic and doable for him this year, and still only 23 years old. So, I think, yeah, no doubt yeah. that that uh, that that max extension is coming next year. Yeah. I think
1: seventh in scoring Le- 11 assists. Like, was
0: yeah 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 that's fair that's fair Clay Thompson his contract is up next year obviously he's a Hall of Famer he's a four-time champion one of the greatest three-point shooters ever a Warriors Legend how much is that gonna stand to him when it comes to getting a contract over next year because at the moment he's averaging sub 14 points which would be the lowest since his rookie year. He's shooting just over 40% from the field. He's shooting under 33% from three. I mean, if those numbers don't take a drastic jump, I mean, I don't see him getting anything more than a than like a respect offer from the Warriors, maybe like two years, 15 million or something like that. But I was, I guess he'd probably be hoping that he's getting his last big payday. I, I, I just don't know if it's going to come.
1: It's, it's going to be really it's going to be a really tough year and it's a good thing that, uh, that, you know, there's new GM management. So now you can kind of look at things a little bit fresh, but it's also about ownership. It's also about the franchise and it's about, you know, Steph. What, what does Steph want? You know, Steph doesn't want to play with, you know, trying to figure out if, if Moody is the best thing moving forward, then are you going to do that? Cause I, I, I think that, there's no reason to keep him around if he's going to play like this from a purely basketball perspective. Defensively, he's lost his step. He can't get to the basket anymore. And what he can do is is take sidestep mid-rangers. to pull up like really inefficient shots. And that's why he's he's struggling. Is he's not able to create separation. And he's just not physically able to do that right now. He's best in a probably like a bench situation and that's that's not even how like clay thompson is such an amazing player and i think imagine how he would be in a bench role but you're not going to pay him <laughs> you, you can't pay him max money mm-hmm. what what do you decide to do with steph curry in his age 35 season he's still averaging what he's averaging 31 points a game still yeah. putting in 32 33 35 minute games like he's still able to play like why why would you continue to hold him down with that and this is going to be a really interesting conversation near the end of the season right now you know it's too early to panic about anything especially when it's the warriors but they they have to make a major change they really do and clayton it's going to begin with that they can't they can't lock themselves in on something
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's that's definitely fair. What about what about Josh Giddy then? This is a really interesting one. Kind of the first one of the of the OKC group to be eligible for for an extension. He's obviously still signed with the team through the twenty-four-twenty-five season, but I think I believe he becomes eligible for an extension next summer. At the moment, his numbers are down across the board compared to last year. He's averaging thirteen, six, and five on forty-five, twenty-nine shooting splits. Last year he was up at 17 8 and 6 on 48 33 splits. Do you think the OKC Thunder will hold off on him considering they have got the likes of Chet coming up in a few years? Jalen Williams, SGA, has been paid and is probably I think he's eligible in another couple of years as well. Is Giddy the guy that could end up falling by the wayside of the of this young core of OKC? I
1: don't I don't think it's a wayside. I and I, I don't know. We don't know what these guys' priorities are. Some guys, you know, it's a priority to get paid. Mm-hmm. It's his priority to get paid. Maybe there's another team that will pay him. But I think what he's showcased is that he makes his team better with with what he his activity on the boards, activity as a passer. Um, I mean, he's such an amazingly effective connecting piece. The shooting still hasn't really come along. <laughs> And we're not sure if it will just given his form, but he's not a guy that I think they want to part with. And he's not a guy they're ready to part with because he's such a smart player. Um, maybe his future is being kind of a veteran smart player for another team and and being more of a supportive piece, but why can't he do that in OKC? Maybe that maybe that's that's something that he's willing to to do. Cause Jalen Williams is really, I mean, <laughs> what Jalen wants to continue to do. Is being a primary playmaker will always take away from Giddy. So if Giddy doesn't want to be to to be like kind of the the third third guy, third and a half guy, depending on where where Chat develops into, then he doesn't have to, and I, I don't think he would would stick around for it. Because OKC okay, with the rules now, they can't have three rookie max. I don't think they have three max extensions. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna have to choose and. Jalen Williams maybe he takes a sub sub max contract, but he's been looking still really good, still developing well. Giddy obviously won't have that. I don't, I don't think he would demand it. I don't know. He's he's what 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 ballpark? He's like a 20, 20 per year kind of guy. Twenty five
0: yeah, per year kind of guy. Like would he get like a four year hundred million? Would that be a, a deal that that's realistic? You think?
1: I, I think he would he would want something, and he would probably be looking at what Vassell got. Be thinking about something like that, yeah but I, I don't think they could. Af- I don't think they could afford it. So they they probably wait another year. If he sh- if he gets a shooting, I think that's the difference here. If if he is a guy that can space the floor better, then that changes everything drastically.
0: oh he's a jump shot away from me and saber max. That's that's that's. I don't think there's a doubt in that. I think it's just the the fact that that we haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, that that is the literally the one thing. Like he. Because you can accept his his he's not going to be an elite defender, but with his with his IQ, with it with his size, what he what are you can do to just really up the the movement on offense, like it, it's so it's so organic on the floor with the, with the thunder, and that that's what you'd want to see continue to grow, but a jump shot away for sure. Yeah. I don't I don't think they would sign him to a max next. It, it, it would just be impossible. Chet is the future of that front court. You can't jeopardize that Shay, Jalen williams and chet like you need that unfortunately that to be the priority for for them not him
0: yeah yeah i think that's uh i think that's fair but that's gonna do it for today's episode a few things there just to keep your eye on uh, across the season and uh and next summer but my thanks to chris for joining me and thank you all so much for listening remember if you like what you're hearing you want to follow us on socials we are everywhere at coast to coast nba And most importantly, remember to take every shot and love every moment.